This is a headgum podcast. Tenor. Oh yeah, I, was I just... do like Kingdom Rush Vengeance. Do we? Can we just talk about that for a little bit? Uh, probably off mic. I like it. It's so good. Well, I have, I don't think it's hard enough, but I think it's it's refined the it's refined the game mechanics a mechanics. lot in a really interesting way. But it's not hard enough. You're gonna cut all of play this. on veteran idiot. I am playing on veteran dumbass. I've already beat it on veteran. Okay, I'm not cutting that. Okay, I'm putting it at the top of the episode. <laughs> They're not just super. They're not just special. They're not just special. They're the super specials. You're waiting for me to say something, huh? No, I was going to see who took the first step. But you then took decided... a deep breath like you were going to say something, and then you had nothing. Well, I thought you were going to say something. Why? I wanted to see who was going to like take that first tentative step, who was going to like wade into these waters. This is like the early days again. I feel young again. Like it's our, we're recording Christie's great idea. We have no bits. We yeah. have no segments. We don't know what we're doing. We're only, what, four weeks into this crazy experiment? I just had a big landmark on my way in to talk to you. What'd you do? Cyril said, bike. Oh, because he likes bikes? Yeah. He's been saying car for a few days now. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's, now he's on to two-wheeled vehicles bike you're yeah. an avid biker i am i'm an avid and you would prefer we your say son cyclist oh right yeah you're an avid cyclist yeah wh- whenever he says car i give him a long lecture about the environment and the implications right. of like congestion in the cities consumerism but he like still says our whole it. society was built to accommodate these fucking like yeah death fat machines. cats who are yeah. selling death machines to the masses yeah. Yeah, and how Europe is so much more. You know what he fucking has? City streets are built for like horses and bikes, and it's like a a much more beautiful society. Yeah, and like L.A. is a wasteland that was created by like the the Ford industry. And then he says, "You you show him Mad Max Fury Road, and you're like, we're already living in that kid." Yeah, so he's he's trying out bike for a while. That's cool. Yeah, teach him Lime Scooter. Oh hell yeah, he would (laughs) teach him how to say Lime Scooter. Yeah, that's good. E Scooter is good. Um, Here we are. It's Sunday mid-afternoon. We just decided to, you know what? We got time. Uh-huh. Let's bang one out. Uh-huh. And here we are, banging one out. It feels good. Yeah, but this just ain't just any one. You don't think so? No. This is a lot of people's favorite Babysitter's Club experience. A lot is of people it? have been, yeah. And I want to do it justice. I thought the book was good, really good. I thought it was a really compelling tour de force. What it's the, by far the most exciting Babysitters Club book. Maybe the one it where wasn't they even get kidnapped. Those kids get kidnapped by their dad. It was pretty. Oh pretty yeah, heart or the pounding. one where Jake Coon falls in that hole. Oh, that's a mystery. I think all the mysteries are exciting. But this was, this was. I we'll get to this later in the discussion. But I was kind of a wreck. Throughout the end of the novel, you were erect. I was a a wreck. Oh, a a wreck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's better. Yeah, it's a lot better. <laughs> I mean, I was exciting, but I don't know if I was that. Excited. I'll tell you what. I was a little bit erect at the end of the novel, if I can say that. Because yeah. guess who they fucking send out to do Ooh. the rescue? Old JP. John. Fuck. Of course, it's John Pike. Man's a fucking want- like. He's got his own sailboat. 
and like oh, fucking course. goes out in his own sailboat to like rescue these girls. And they that, want the first yeah. thing these girls to see. Yeah, when they're like after they've been stranded on this island for like four days. Yeah, they want the first thing they see to be his this beacon in the in the haze. Yeah, these girls have been stranded on an island for days. They haven't seen a handsome boy. Yeah, in a, a whole weekend. Right, we're talking. 48 hours? Yeah, they're starving. Since the last time they saw a handsome boy? Their eyes are starving. Their bodies are starving because they didn't bring enough food, and their eyes right. are starving because there haven't been any handsome boys. And right. then so the whole town of Stony Brook is like, we got to send out John Pike and give them a super injection of their There was this like this like Navy SEAL volunteer, this like 50-year-old <laughs> like retired Navy SEAL. He was like, I've been on so many of these like rescue missions. Like, yeah. let me go out there. I can find those girls. And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, you are not visually appealing enough for these young women. Yeah, yeah. Get John Pike here. And he's like, I don't even have a boat. And they're like, we'll, we'll give you one. <laughs> it was the right call. Let's introduce the show. Okay. Hi, I'm Tanner Greenring. Welcome Attention, to my show. campers and counselors, resume yourselves. Resume yourselves is good. Yeah. That's something Watson says to Christy in this book. <laughs> Did you catch that? Yeah, I liked it. it uh, resume yourself. Watson put his hand out. Resume yourself, he said, which means sit down. I don't know if it does end, but I like it. Christy gets up to answer the phone, and Watson's like, uh, resume yourself. Resume yourself. That's <laughs> awesome. It's cool. It feels very 1990, which yeah. is when this book was, was published. Resume yourself. It feels like check yourself. Yeah. You better resume yourself before you doom yourself. Oh, that's good. Yes. Resume yourself before you doom yourself. Isn't that good? It's like a Jurassic 5 lyric. Yeah, it's like J5. <laughs> it's like very positive. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Like good, but kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't help but singing it, but it's also something that like your dad would say. Yeah, exactly. Good. <laughs> Babies and gentlemen, resume yourselves before you doom yourselves. This is a podcast. I'm Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. This is the Babysitter's Club Super Club podcast starring me, Jack Shepard, and my sidekick, Tanner Greenring. And every week, we talk about a new novel in the Babysitter's Club Super Special series by The Ocean Princess, The Space Mountain, The Fast-Fingered Swordman, The Frugal Master, and The Knife, Martin. Let's talk about this book, which was called Babysitter's Island Adventure. About new epithets. Okay. Now, do you want, like, do you prefer for this to come out naturally in the course of the discussion, or do you want to get it out of the way right at the top of every episode? I'm happy to do either of those things, depending on whether the mood takes us. Okay. But it seems like we're here now. As, as you can tell, uh, Super Babies, this is a novel about the babysitters getting stranded on an island, which is fucking bananas, and I'm... Excited to dive into that. But first, every week, Anne has left an Easter egg in each of these books where she leaves an epithet that she wants us to call her. Right. Um, you've heard a number of them just now. The Ocean Princess, the Space Mountain, the Fast-Fingered Swordman, the Frugal Master. You got? Did you pick any out this week? I, I caught one. Well, okay. first, the first thing I caught was um, I saw... And referring to a previous epithet, which I thought was really sly. The clouds piled up until they looked like mountains in the sky. 
Oh, sure. Yep, the Space Mountain. Says Dawn. And that's a reference to her, her first epithet, which is the Space Mountain. So I think what right. she's imagining here is that her face literally forms in the sky above the island as if to admonish them. Sure. It's her, her way of saying, Do you I, don't think... I did this to you. I am stormborn. I control the weather. Okay. Yes. So that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think Anne did this to them. I think Anne is, and here is my potential epithet for her. Okay. The squall. The squall is good. So it comes up when they're out. So to, it's hard to explain this without explaining the plot of the book. But suffice to say, Don and Claudia have a sailboat race. And while they're out racing, they encounter a storm. Mm-hmm. And Don has the following to say. Huge thunderheads were forming. A chill ran through my body, even though the sun was still shining brightly. A storm was brewing. And Claudia and I both knew that out here, on this beautiful water, a storm could become a squall and sneak up on you quickly. Oh, and that is what Anne the Knife does. That's what Anne the Knife does, She sneaks up on you quickly, and we know this because we've read a bunch of her books. Right. She'll sneak up on you Especially in these super special books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she'll sneak up on you super quickly in the super special books. I just want to – I think you're right there. I just want to check from that passage. Are you sure she doesn't want us to call her Thunderhead? Thunderhead is good too. Also, maybe Windbreaker. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the Windbreaker. Um, okay, well, all of those – something that Jamie Newton wears quite, oh, a, yeah. quite, a, quite a bit in this book. All of those are a lot better than mine. What was yours? I'll read you the passage. I talked to Jeff a few minutes longer and then to Dad. But Dad and I were interrupted when Carol dropped by. Jeff got back on the phone. The hair queen is here, he whispered. I laughed again. Jeff's new nickname for Carol is the hair queen. I caught the hair queen, and I thought it might be it, but then I thought that the hair queen potentially fit into a different segment. Oh, okay. I think the hair queen might be Oh no, the monster. Okay. Okay. All right. So now we're going to table that, yeah, babies and gentlemen, because this is a fantastic novel, and we're going to be doing it a real disservice if we don't talk about what happened. Up front. Yep. The, uh, the Ocean Princess, the Space Mountain, Fast Fingered Sword Man, the Squall, and the Knife Martin. Frugal. That's mess. good. Yeah. I think that's really good. That's great. I love it. Um, and we're going to talk about every week Anne puts a monster and a beast in her super special. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But first, we're going to do a little segment called the 90 Second Rundown. Okay. Um, that's, when, that's when I give a 90 Second Rundown of this novel. Following your description. You go first this no, time. It, the segment is just you called... You want to go first this time. No. The segment is called the 90-second rundown because it's what people mostly remember. Oh, okay. But it's it, a lot of people don't remember this, so I'll remind you. The 90-second rundown actually doesn't begin with the rundown, which is kind of like the the headliner. There's Initially, there's an opening act before the rundown where Tanner describes the book. In a, a few sentences. Oh, boy, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Can I have, like, maybe, like, 10, 15 minutes to, like, write something down, really think about this? No, you got to do it come up with off something? the dome. I just have to come up with something? Yeah, but it's got to sound literary and eloquent. Oh, I'm not good at that either. So extemporaneously come up with something that sounds ponderous. Are you sure you don't want to do it? Uh, yeah, I'm certain I don't want to do it. I did it 131 times, and I'm sick to fucking teeth of oh. it. Okay. You did? I don't. I just have zero yeah. recollection of that. Okay. Good. Okay. I guess I'll go if you if you just want me to kind of extemporaneously come up with something. Yeah. Just off the top of your head. Okay. 
Let's see. Um, it's Don and Claudia, right? Yeah, Don and Claude. I guess I'll begin. Okay. Don Schaefer and Claudia Kishi dream of adventure. Their upper middle class existence is stable, comfortable, but unfulfilling. So, as they seem to time and time again, they turn their thoughts and dreams towards the sea. The girls set out in their vessels, skimming along the waves of Long Island Sound, hopping from island to island looking for opportunity and adventure, until misfortune is visited upon them in the form of the Squall, capsizing one of their two ships and driving the other aground. The girls and their crew, four deckhands aged four to eight years old, find themselves marooned on the uninhabited nine o'clock island with little water and less food. Life on the island is tough, especially with one of their young crew on the precipice of death, racked with fever and delirium. But with no chance of rescue in sight, the girls need to figure out how to survive and create a new life for themselves on the island. A life that is less refined than their former suburban existence, but at the same time, more free, more serene. Will the girls be rescued? Or is the better question, do the girls even want to be rescued? Babysitter's Club, super special, number four, Babysitter's Island Adventure. Beautiful. I love that question at the end, Tanner. Yeah. That was really well done. I really enjoyed it. Wow. Thank you, man. Yeah. That really means a lot to me. Because yeah. I, well, I was going to say I try really hard on those, but I don't. I, like, I put very little thought and effort into them. It seems like you tried really hard. No, I don't. I just, that just comes no, to me. It come, it just, I loved it. I loved well, the question thank you. at the end. Do they really want to be rescued? Yeah. Doesn't Hodges ask a question on the cover? Does he? I think so. You're, you're the... Karis! No. No. It's just the question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just the question. He says... Never mind. No, you can go. Goodbye, Karis. Um, who thought they would end up shipwrecked? I think that's actually... That is actually Hodges like read the book and was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Whoa. Who this thought they not- would end up shipwrecked? This is not the notes I got for the cover painting. Because that is that is a true fact. That is a thing about this book that needs to be addressed. They're sailors now. Yeah, so they're sailors and they're good at sailing. So I they love took... it. It was it's worth it because it's a fucking adventure. It's an epic adventure. It really is. It felt more super special than any of the other super special. Now I get it. It's like this is super and special. I just don't recognize these girls though. But it's like, like why last are they week Claudia was a fucking or two weeks ago. Last week we obviously did the Sweet Valley High book. Two weeks ago, Claudia was a fucking expert skier. Yeah, and now Claudia and Don are both like s- pro level sailors. Yeah, it's it's insane, and it's never mentioned girls. again in the entire series. Never they're comes like, up again. They're expert sailors to the point where they're having like s- fucking sailboat races. It took us like 120 books for, for us to even realize that they were on Long Island Sound. Like yeah. it was like Marianne brought up the lighthouse. Oh, we finally got like, a Wait, map. Wait, these guys are on the fucking ocean? Finally got a fucking map. Oh, yeah. It shows it's where like Stony a, It's like is. a fantasy book. Yeah, it's like it's a lot like reading Lord of the Rings or something. There's Greenpoint Island, and then they, they really drifted off. To this island called Nine O'Clock Island, where they spend a lot of the book. Um, shall I describe the novel? 
Please do, Jack. Okay. I would love to hear your insights. Great. Um, what I'm going to need for you to do is pull up a timer. I wonder which timer I'll use, the fancy new 24 timer or the old-fashioned click clock timer. Who could say? Who can say? There's a lot we'll of find debate about in that the edit. in the back channels. Our producers can't agree on which timer they like best. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> one it's... producer, one editor used the 24 timer, and he was like, this feels good. It feels new. It feels different from the old show. And then he used it twice and then realized that he doesn't like it. And then the other producer was like, well, I just used it, so we're stuck on that. But then the other one was like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go back to the old-fashioned timer. So <sighs> I guess we'll see where we end up. I yeah. guess we'll leave it in the hands of our editors and producers, our team of editors and producers. I just got to say, we never thanked a team. Uh, you know what? Yeah. You, you men and women tirelessly slaving away at our show and making sure that it's up to the standard that we – insist angrily insist that it be Mm -hmm. at yeah week after week just coming in doing the hard work setting up the studios for us recording for probably about four or five hours yeah once a week i would say if i had to put down the amount of time i put into this show there's probably one hour where i sit with the page who read the book and have them kind of give me the summary yep and show me the notes yep then I would say an hour, an hour and a half where we record. That's right. real work. And then right. the next probably two hours just fucking screaming at the producers. Yeah. Screaming. My schedule is pretty similar. Yeah. I have my grape guy yeah. read the book. <laughs> yeah. And then I lay on a, it a, shows. Like a kind of chase lounge. It shows. And he feeds me grapes and kind of recaps the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, I do like the like hour and a half, two hours of recording with you, and then I do a lot of yelling too. I'm yeah. surprised. I'm surprised. I need to do as much yelling, hearing that you do two, three hours. You know, I'm like, realizing we could consolidate a lot of this if we had your grape guy read the book, to, like summarize the book to you on audio. We wouldn't have to do this ninety second rundown stuff. I think you would. I think. I think two things are wrong with that. Okay. It's not just the grape guy. There's the wine guy, too, who's yeah. feeding me wine. Right. <laughs> then there's... I think it would be hard to get my rig set up in a way that captures me lo- lounging on the Chase Lounge. Right, right. Yeah, um, we've tried that before. And people don't like chewing sounds on the podcast. Are you sure? Have we have we focus tested that? Yeah. Yeah. People okay. don't like it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I've, I had like a brief kind of fun, playful stint with that uh-huh. on the last version of the show oh, and people didn't like it huh? people didn't like huh. it you never know how these things are gonna go who could have predicted that so you want to do your recap huh yeah um but yeah thanks to the producers thanks for putting up with us thank you for this amazing product um thanks to tanner's grape guy yep so great grapes and thanks for it's winter months now. It's a little tough to find them, but he yeah. he finds them. Like, yeah, that's these just beautiful Concord grapes. I don't know where he's getting them. Yeah, um, and thanks to our sponsors for making all of this possible. Oh, love the sponsors. Yeah, love how many of them there are. Yeah, they're coming through fast and furious. Yeah, um, people are very interested in advertising on our show. This book was a little bit fast and furious. It was like Babysitters Club, fast and furious. All of a sudden. They're like fucking sailboat racers, like Tokyo drifting through the fucking Long Island Sound. Yep. Smashing into islands. It's powerful. Uh, But you're going to find out more about that during my 90-second rundown. Producers, cue up the timer. 
they've they're giving me the hand signal that they've done it. Okay. You don't fuck this up, okay? <laughs> Do it right. Okay. Okay. Shall I begin? Yep. I'll begin. The babysitters are sailors now. Don and Claudia are expert level sailors and they're having a sailboat race as you do. Uh, they like to they do one race and it's an exact tie so they decide they need to do a second race. Everybody gets wind of the race and all the babies decide that they're going to go with them. Jamie Newton goes. Jesse's sister, Becca. Uh, Jeff, Dawn's brother goes, and another baby goes, who's probably not that important. Haley Braddock. Um, and then meanwhile, Logan and Marianne get in a fucking huge fight because Dawn forgot to give Marianne a message um, saying that Logan couldn't make it to their date. Marianne thinks Logan stood her up. They get in a fucking huge fight. And the last thing that Marianne says to Dawn before she gets on this ill-fated sailboat race is, I hope I never see you again. Whoops, that's a mistake because they get lost in the squall. Their boat literally wrecks. One of the boats sink. They swim to the other boat. They fucking land on this island that's like way far out from the island they're supposed to go to. They get stranded on the island for two full days. Jamie gets walking pneumonia. Uh, No, he gets a strep. He gets a strep throat. Don't correct me during my time. And the baby's screaming. I I get an extra 10 seconds. Okay. I. You know what I'm realizing? What? Is I forgot to set a timer. Great. Okay. So so we won't even have any timer sounds at the beginning of this. No, we're going to have a timer sound, but like it's just kind of freewheeling. Okay, great, because <laughs> I'm doing really well. Uh, they're, they're on the island for two days. They live on candy bars, which Claudia brought, and fish, yep. which Jeff catches. They live in a fucking cave. They write help in shells. Uh, they're stranded. Meanwhile, the fucking news, the world news is interested in this. It's national news. I assume you're running out of time, so let's I know, pick, pick but it up. I, since there's no timer, I'm just going to... All right, fine. No, no, no. Fuck you. All right, fine. Let me finish my, my thoughts. Christy and Bart are in a fight. Stacy and her dad are in a fight. Uh, everybody's freaked out. Eventually, Claudia figures out to shine a mirror at a passing rescue plane, and it comes and brings them home to safety. Also, John Pike tried to rescue them, and he's very handsome, but he didn't succeed. Good job. You're out of time, I assume. Yeah. Um, that was great. Um. Yeah. You you kind of fumbled the the kids. I fumbled Haley Braddock for a second. Did you say Jamie Newton? Yeah, of course, Jamie Newton. He gets um strep throat. Okay, and you said Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Okay, so you got those three. Holy shit! So one of the things that's you missed the last one. Who? There was a fourth kid that you completely. No, forgot. I said four. Jeff, Haley, Jamie, and Becca. Becca. I said Becca. You missed her, I think. No, I didn't. Fucking well, it's my oh, edit, so scroll it back. If, scroll if you it back. didn't, no producers. If you didn't producers, miss it, if I'm definitely going to go cut it out. No, fuck you, producers. You fucking put that in. You keep that in. I'm serious. I'm okay. So what you're, you're asking me to do? Me. What you're asking me to do is go and cl- trim some audio so it makes it sound like you no. said Becca during your first no, recap. I did. I said Becca. You're asking me to lie Jesse's to our listeners. Sister. I remember saying Jesse's sister because I thought that that was an unnecessary gloss that was taking away time. Great. So you want me to – can you just give me a clean edit so I can go put it in? Let's just say Jesse's sister, Becca. No. So I'll go and add that to your recaps. So Great. You okay, don't perfect. sound like a fool. Great. Thanks. Okay. What a novel, man. What a fucking book. What a tour de force. What a book. They all almost die. Jamie oh. Newton literally almost dies. He gets like a fever while he's on this island. The The windbreaker did nothing. Oh, it's it so broke powerful. no wind. It broke no wind. 
And then they don't have any food. They eat these like gross polluted fish from the long. Jeff catches fish. They make a fire in a cave. They make a fire in a cave. That's carbon monoxide right there. That's a risk. Yeah. These girls are terrible at babysitting this week. They almost kill a kid. They let them eat infected, like polluted fish. They sink they a boat. They almost give them carbon monoxide. The second they boat- sink one boat. They lose a second one. Oh my god. Ugh. There's a moment. I feel like can we can we just approach the bench at the beginning of this episode here and then just like oh, okay. be at the bench because there's a lot of a lot of there's tears. a lot of bench approaching in this one. Yeah. Your Honor? Yeah, I ate a few. Your Honor. <clears throat> yes. May <clears throat> excuse me. May I approach the bench for just a second? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Please. Okay. This court is now in recess. We're yeah. taking a five minute break. Um, as you know, uh in the legal profession, Your Honor, when uh an attorney asks to approach the bench, it's because he or she has become emotionally overcome by right, the proceedings and is about to cry and doesn't want the jury or the court to witness that. No, um, I know. A, a lot of lay people think that it's to have a legal discussion um, off the record, um, but that's it's a secret of our profession that what's actually happening, is, as you know, uh, is that we are about to cry or talk about something yes. that made us cry. Um, this whole book made me cry, man. It, it's weird. At first, so first, first off, I, I enjoyed the whole novel, but I would I would divide my emotional response to it into two parts. At at first, I was like mostly worried about the cost of the boats. Yeah, I was worried about the Stony Brook Community Center and who yeah. would who would recoup the cost of two capsized. Those boats. are probably like J twenty fours, right? Oh, okay. So you know a little bit about this. Yeah, I would. You're kind of a you of the two of us. You were a sailor. I'm the. You kind of have these fun weekend retreats with our friend Scott, who sang the theme song, and our Mm -hmm. friend Mark, who's a listener, baby boy Mark, Mm -hmm. um, that I was never invited on. Where you guys would kind of like sail in Long Island Sound or in like lakes in Minnesota, which Mm -hmm. is where Mark lives. Mm -hmm. Isn't that where you know a lot about sailing? And it's like it's weird. I never got the opportunity to learn about sailing because I was never invited. But like you obviously went. Yeah, sailing with those two a lot, an awful lot. lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I you know a lot about this from our, the, at the major media company. Yeah, me, you, Scott, and Mark are like yep. a tight foursome of friends. Kind of old. We're very old school. We've yeah. been there for a long time. But what's funny is that when we go sailing, it's only three. It's three. Yeah. Of us. yeah, yeah. That's weird. Um. Anyway, I so yeah, maybe, I do. I do know I was a lot. Busy about, the first weekend, then it was just like oh, like. I was maybe busy the first couple times, and it was like, well, I guess Tanner's just like not into sailing, and you just kind of stopped inviting me, right? That must be it, right? I think the thing was, it was kind of snowballed. When we deliberately disincluded you from the invite to the three-day sailing academy lessons that we took, yeah. from then on, it just became very difficult to invite you, given your lack of experience. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I do lots of cool things without you guys. Like, I earlier today, I just played video games for, like, six hours. <laughs> oh, really? Did you play yeah. the new Kingdom Rush Vengeance? No, I was playing a, an actual game. Oh, fine. Tenor, I, I, I feel like they're probably J24s. Like, that's a standard kind of sailboat that you have. Sure. Um, what's, the, what's the price point on those? Very expensive. I think, Give me an MSRP. Like, I, off the dome... I would say that like a, a used one for a community center will run you like twenty five k. Oof, dude. Yeah, and they sank two of them. And they sank two of them. 
Oh no, that's sorry, that's not true. They sank one and set the other one adrift at sea. Yeah, so like, Chinese pirates probably have that <laughs> boat now. Yeah, yeah exactly. But <laughs> anyway, so the first part of this book, I spent most of my time worrying about the the cost of the sailboats. Yeah, and then the second part of this book, I was just a fucking wreck. I don't even know what to choose from, which passages to choose from that made me cry. I genuinely, I swear to God. Like, physical tears were running down my cheeks. Like, yeah, a, me too. A lot of it was, like, re- sometimes it was relief. So th- there were two, like, two times that I cried seriously. One was, the, the first was when, I'll read this passage. This isn't relief. This is, like, fear. You're crying now, it seems like. You're so worked up. Um, I often cry during our, our recordings. Right. Just, as a, just in general. So just I'm in, like, so this high home. state of dudgeon. Right. Yeah. You get so erect. Yeah, exactly. You can't help but cry. Yeah. <clears throat> emotionally erect. Yes, please clarify that for the listeners. I'm emotionally erect. Emotionally and physically It's not because I like a debunky. Yeah. No, you do like a debunky. <laughs> I, I do like a debunky, but it's not what I'm thinking about. Right. I'm emotionally erect. My right. my sadness is too messy. Not a lot of bonky in this book. None, almost. There was a weird Oh, uh, Marianne um, and Logan almost do it. Why don't we just do it in the road right at that? Like, yeah, they do the, almost do it in front of their parents. Yeah. But then they realize that the reporters are super babies. This shit is off the fucking hook. The there's a uh, meeting, a town meeting pre- slash press conference where the director of the community center and the mayor present medals of heroism to all of the participants in the island under duress no it's to marianne and logan no they don't they think about it and then marianne and logan almost k-i-s-s mm-hmm. but then they realize that they're like reporters and their parents are there because they're right. but they had fought and that's why there's no me like a bonky i we're talking about k-i-s-s i-n-g right yeah, the, um, the the first step of debunky. The first step of debunky is you ask someone if they like a duh. Oh, sure. Second step of debunky. K i s s i n g. K i s s i n g. Oh, really? Well, I think it's let's say so there's a first step and there's a last step, right? right? Okay. And there's a bunch of steps in between, and everyone goes on their own journey from the first step to the last step. So K i s s i n g can definitely be in there somewhere, and I think it's towards the beginning. First step and the last step are the same. A lot of people right. think the last step is smoking a cigarette. Last step is actually the same as the first step. You say, me like a debunk. <laughs> Except it's the first step is you ask. Yeah. The first step is like, it's it's an approach. Me right. like a debunky. Yeah. Me like a debunky? No. And then. You like a debunky? Or like do you like a debunky? Yeah. And then the last step is just an affirmation. You say, me like a debunky. <laughs> in, um, it's only in, polite. Um, it's only polite, even if you did it. Getting things done. The GTD. Parlance. Yep. Which is, is a productivity technique. So it is babies. review. Review. That's right. That's right. It's it's taking a look at what you've done and saying like, mm, yes. Yeah. Me like it a bonky. Me like it a bonky. And it helps if you want to do it again. Because if you don't say me like it a bonky. They don't know. So if you've ever, this is advanced stuff, um, so feel free to skip past this. But if you've ever had it a bonky and then you, with a person, then you didn't have it again. Okay. I'm listening. It might, and you're wondering why. It might be because you didn't say me like it a bonky at the end, which is impolite. You say it. You say it as I don't know the the Christian way to say this, but well, like as your K I S S I N G, as you're reaching the pinnacle of the de- debunky, which is you should shout. Okay, me like you should sh- you should sh- shout shout me like a debunky. Yeah, me like a debunky, and that's how you finish. Oh, I see. I think afterwards, then, 
Well, either way, either way. Yeah. So we were talking about the emotionally sort of like. Oh yeah, this is the moment when uh, they discover that things are not as good as they had hoped in terms of the rescue. Dad looked at the sky and then at his watch. Okay, he said, "Here we go." This is Mr. Pike. Yeah. Do you think I can? You trust me to do Mr. Pike? Just sound. Try to sound as handsome as possible. I, I know that's tough for you. Come on. You why do you think I already wasn't? I think I have no. a kind of a nasally voice. I think both of us do. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> hmm. There are a lot of podcasts. You know who's got a really handsome... Oh, you know who you should try to channel for this? Who? In fact, I'm going to admit something to you now. Mm-hmm. The person I picture when I think of John Pike and the person whose voice you should try to channel and the person who has a very handsome voice is Pod Save America's John Favreau. That is exactly right. That's a very handsome sounding man. Um, okay. Yeah. John Favreau. He's got this like, he always sounds like he's smiling too. And it's like, it's deep and it's kind of like, it's got this edge to it. Um, yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Jack very sneakily tried to grab a beer out of his fridge during that little uh Why do you have to take segment. off the pants and underwear? We nailed it. Um, okay. Hang on. I don't think we nailed it is why. <laughs> I think it's going to be apparent that something was going on there. <laughs> Um, okay, okay, let me think, let me think. I just don't know if he has any man... Okay, just the voice, just the voice. He doesn't say that much. Okay. Dad looked at the sky and then at his watch. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. Okay, he said. Just try to get out of your nose, I think, and you'll be good. Okay, he said. Here we go. We headed east slightly. Soon even I could see something in the water, but we weren't sure what it was until we were practically on top of it. A piece of wood said Christy. Hey, there's another one, shouted Jordan, pointing. Do you see any numbers or letters on it? No, now you sound like Duff Man. Damn it. <laughs> you veered into Duff Man. I need, a, I need like a catchphrase from him, but he doesn't really have one. Right. Hi, and welcome to Pod Save America. I just can't. I'm just going to do a handsome man. Okay. I'm just going to do a handsome man. Do you see any numbers or letters on it? Asked Dad. Yes, said Stacy right away, not knowing why my father was asking. I see a, a two, a three, and maybe part of a five. Dad looked grim. It's from Don's boat, isn't it? I said. My voice had dropped to a whisper. From Don's boat? repeated Stace. What do you mean? Mm, we know what to look for, said That's Dad. That's good. You gently. kind of were doing like Harrison Ford there a little bit. Good, thank you. Do Harrison Ford. I think that works for you. We know what to look for said Dad gently. The numbers on the boats are what identify them. And the number on Don's boat had, it was, I know it wasn't here, don't. You're drifting a little bit. <laughs> You're ruining my moment. Sorry. Who can I do? I could do the guy from uh, Men in Black who. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones? No, the. The guy who beatboxes in Men in Black 2? No, the guy in Men in Black 1 who uh, is a farmer who turns into a cockroach. Oh, sure. Yeah. More um, water. He, I get compared to him constantly because we're both like chubby, curly-haired man. What's his name? I don't know, man. He plays Kingpin. Let in, me get uh, through this. Daredevil. Oh, John D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. More That's water. That's it is. I don't think he plays yeah. that part, but anyway, <laughs> I think it is. We know what to look for," said Dad gently. "The numbers on the boats are what identified them, and the number on Don's boat had a two, three, five in it." Asked Stacy. "Yes," replied Dad. "But it." It can't. I mean, that boat is in pieces. It's all broken up. I could see several more. And then for the following 
I swear to God, if you're looking up Vincent D'Onofrio, I'm going to murder you. Well, get your get honor ready to murder me. Your honor, I am definitely looking up Vincent D'Onofrio. Your honor, this has been more than a five minute recess, and I was pouring my heart out to you. And uh, sorry, what are you looking up? Uh, the filmography of Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> your honor, excuse me. It felt important. Men That's... in Black, 1997. Men in Black. Edgar, played by Vincent D'Onofrio. And we know why he's called Edgar, right? No, because his wife says Edgar. <laughs> Edgar. <laughs> Your skin is hanging all off your face. <laughs> I thought you meant you like had some kind of piece of Men in Black trivia. <laughs> like you know what his character is named after, right? No. Anyway, I thought that was really sad, and it fucking literally made me cry. Oh, I thought it was sad too, and I loved you reading it, and Thanks. I was paying attention. Good. I, uh, Your Honor. Yeah. May I approach the bench? Uh, please do. Are Will you, you pay attention to me, or are you going to be spiteful? No, I wouldn't. Not in this court. When okay. an, when an attorney of mine approaches my bench. I dismiss the court, and I say the court is in recess, um, and then I allow him or her to pour his or her heart out to me. Okay. Your Honor, may I approach the bench? Court is dismissed. It's in recess. I'm feeling emotionally erect about the mm -hmm. end of this novel where Dawn, Claudia, Becca, Jamie, Jeff, and Haley are rescued from 9 o'clock island. Okay. Which novel are you talking about? Because this is a, this is a case Club, about... Um, super special number four, Babysitter's Island Adventure. Why are you thinking about that? This is a case about a hit and run. <sighs> um, a child died. I think I just get... When I, when I feel emotionally worked up, I'm feeling yeah. very emotionally worked up about the case, and when yeah. I feel that way, I, I start to think about other things that make me feel emotionally okay. worked up. Okay, and so you're talking about number four. That's... Um, the Babysitter's Island Adventure, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's yep. the one. I got you right there with you. Tell me. <sighs> Goodbye, Nine O'Clock Island, whispered Becca as we rode out to the ship. We were still approaching the ship when the screaming and cheering began. What a reunion. There have been times when I was so angry at my parents that I wanted to divorce them. But when I finally stepped onto the Coast Guard ship, there were no faces I wanted to see more than moms and dads. We hugged practically forever. And Dawn and Jeff were hugging their mom and stepfather. Becca and Haley were hugging their parents. And Jamie was being fussed over by his parents. I think everybody on board that boat was crying. And so was I. Oh, and so no, was I. The fucking Coast Guards cry. Yeah, the Coast Guards cried too. We didn't know. So this, is a, so this becomes a national news story. It's a national news story. It's all over. They call it the Connecticut disaster. Six children get lost on, like, get lost at sea. Yeah. That's going to be, I remember when one boy got lost in a balloon, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Don't in Colorado. We, we heard about that all the way out here in New York. Yeah. So six children getting lost at sea? It was Hell a yeah. big story. Hell yeah. Yeah, everybody's into it. The reporters keep shoving their microphones in people's faces and yeah. uh, and asking them how they feel. But there's this moment when the Coast Guard rescues them after fucking Claudia, who's the, the hero of this story. Holy shit, she's yeah. so resourceful. Yeah, Claudia's weirdly resourceful this, this She book. finds a mirror and... And then, and then gets very smug about it. She's like, oh, I'm the smartest person in the world. I found a mirror. No, fair. Yeah, she's like, it doesn't matter that I can't spell and I'm failing out of school. Right. I, I put a tarpaulin up and caught rainwater in it. Um, Jeff fucking cooked a fish, man. Nobody ever talks about Jeff. Jeff caught and cooked like dozens of fish. Ugh, that they fucking lived in a cave for two days and ate fucking like ocean fish. 
and Snickers bars. Yeah. Sounds and not like, even ocean fish. It was like Long Island Sound fish, which is like, oh, yeah. That's where like all the river water from New York dumps out. Yeah. Like, that's why they were like, at the enjoy end, enjoy your, your hepatitis. Yeah. At the end, they take Jamie to the hospital and they're like, you are, all of the rest of you are coming. And they're like, we're not sick. And they're like, yeah, you just fucking, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> ate fish out of the Long Island Sound. You were very sick. <laughs> You're terribly sick. You need to pump your stomachs ASAP. <laughs> Uh, but the Coast Guard showed up. We didn't even know those three people from a hole in the wall, as Christy's stepfather would say. But as soon as they were standing on the beach, we hugged them. I even cried a little, but they were happy tears. You know what? The three of them cried too. That's beautiful. Those beautiful. Fucking three people. Uh, and the doctor was a woman. <laughs> Very bold. Did you catch that? <laughs> Haley. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. They're like, they're like two men and a woman getting off the boat. And Haley Braddock has like an argument about whether the doctor is going to be a woman. Right. It was. She's like, I bet the doctor's a woman. And she's yeah. like, it was. See, yeah. I told you. Yeah. Um, Jack, I would yes. love to move on to our notes. But first, I would love to do two things. Okay. First thing, mm-hmm. grab a pee. Come on. Second thing, grab a beer. Okay, fine. I, are you interested in doing either of those things? Goodbye. He doesn't even say goodbye. You could say goodbye back. Tanner. Yes. Do you agree? No. That you're a very smart person? I would say uh, that I have good intuition. Sorry, you already answered it. No. No, I say no. I'm not very smart, but I do have good intuition. Okay. Street smart. Claudia Kishi. Tanner, do you agree that this novel is Anne the Knife Martin's Ulysses? Huh, sure, yeah. I would say it's more her Robinson Crusoe. See, that's but, where you'd be wrong. Yeah. Because it's her Ulysses, and it's a really interesting thing. Or okay. her Castaway. No, or her Baby Island. Or her Baby Island. No, it's none of those. It's her I U- took... No, okay. Do you recognize that when Can I... Can I tell a brief story? Do you recognize when I asked you that question, it was because I was going to then say more things? Yeah, but I have an opportunity to tell a story that's relevant and fun, and I think Baby Nation would about like to hear. James Joyce's Ulysses? No, it's about me and my friend Jim. From Mallory Hates Boys and Jim? No, from when we were in high school. Okay. Our sophomore year of high school, Okay. we went to the homecoming dance. Together. Not together. Mm-hmm. We went stag. Okay. Cool. Except we both had dates. Okay. Jim brought a full-size cutout of President George H.W. Bush. Funny joke. And I brought Wilson the Volleyball uh, from Castaway. Good. Okay. And we took prom pictures and everything. Did you... Uh, and did it was you... very fun. And everyone thought it was very funny. Did you make out with the volleyball after? I think I threw the volleyball into the dance pit. Oh, cool. And then just kind of left. That's cool. And all the yeah. girls then... Then all the girls asked you for dates, right? After <laughs> that. Because they're like, oh, you're the volleyball guy. No, I we did. I think we did have that reputation of being the volleyball and and George Bush guys, but like, yeah. weirdly, it didn't. Okay. It didn't manifest dates. I went to so, homecoming twice. First time, I took my friend's teddy bear, Mister Black. That was funny. Everyone thought that was a real. So cut you up. and I lived the same. Yeah, you and I lived the same life. Second time, I went with my friend and listener of the podcast, original baby boy Gus. Oh, I know sister. Gus. Oh, I don't know his sister. Yeah, well. We went to homecoming together. Tanner, why are we talking about that and not talking about the fact that this is a modern-day Ulysses? This is a novel about a sailor stranded at sea who leaves behind a loving family 
And then Anne has these wonderful moments throughout where, where she very clearly references the Odyssey. They stay in a cave, which is Paul, much like Polyphemus's cave. There's this this moment, um, which I think if we had a segment for like when you do a burn would be my burn. Okay. Do you think this is some sort of punishment for being such an awful sister? No, said Mal, Jesse, and I at the same time. You don't? replied Marianne. Of course not, I said. We all say things we don't mean. Like the time Nikki wished the triplets would turn into pigs, added Mal. Do you think that actually happened? That's a burn. Yeah. But it's also a ref a clear reference to The Lotus Eaters. No. The Cyclops. No, we already did the Cyclops. The Sirens. No. Cersei. From Game of Thrones, right. No, from the Odyssey, who turns the sailors into pigs. Oh, right. Um, I got oh. three Odyssey references, and I feel like that's pretty good for like someone who hasn't read the Odyssey since You just like grade. spewed out random things from the Odyssey. I know, but like that's pretty good for someone who hasn't read the Odyssey in a long time. Okay, fine. I'm not giving you points for it. Who are the pig people in Ulysses? Cersei turns the sailors into pigs. In James Joyce's Ulysses? Oh, in Ulysses? Um, I'm not sure there's a clear analog for that in Ulysses. Like, the way that these two things are... What about in um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That's not. The most modern retelling of the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. It's a, Oh, yeah, it probably came out after this. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So um, you're, you were about, about to assert that this was the most modern retelling of the Odyssey. I think, no, I think that this is, I think, unlike Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which is just kind of a straight, just uses the Odyssey as a background, this yeah. novel has ambitions like Ulysses to, in a literary way, Retell the story. Not retell the story, but like create this resonance with the with that story that builds over time and creates essentially a new work. So that's your resonant text of the week. That's my my art. resonant text of the week is Baby Island. Oh yeah, um, and the key. The key. Oh, the K. The key. the K. The K. Was it the yeah. K? C A Y. Do you pronounce that K? Well, you pronounce Q U A Y key. I kind of was just assume it's a good everything. Scrabble word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Australians pronounce it key. It's tough to say, Tanner. Do us Americans and you Brits? We pronounce Q U A Y key. Certainly. Key. I my second resonant text of the week is too fast, too furious. Yep. Obviously. Yeah. Mine is master and commander on the far side of the world. Mine is there's this novel by a I I grew up. This will come as a surprise to you, Tanner. And Robinson Crusoe. Um. I was raised as a boy not and cast on, away. not on the children's books of the 80s, which is the decade that I was a child in, Yeah, but on Victorian English children's literature. It does not surprise me in any way. Um, and one of those books was a book called We Didn't Mean to Go to Sea by Arthur Ransom. And it's it's essentially just uh, Robinson it, Crusoe? It's this, except they're like way better sailors. Okay. I've got a lot of notes left here. Um, we don't have a segment where we talk about the best burns. Well, here's, a good, here's a good segue into a segment we do have. I think that... It's funny. I was about to do a good segue into a segment we do have. I doubt you it. You go ahead. I doubt it because you're usually very bad at segues. Yeah. No, that's fair. There's this, a moment in this novel where Jamie Newton, who gets very sick, starts hallucinating. And he mm-hmm. sees all these visions of 
monsters in his dream. I believe in the the analog in the Odyssey here is when Odysseus speaks with the shade of Elpinor and goes down to Hades. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. Obviously. Um, and J- Jamie sees these dream walkers. Um, what, here's what he says. Early on, before he gets sick, he says, what if a rattlesnake slithers in here and bites us? Asked Haley. What if there really are monsters? Asked Becca. Island monsters. I'm afraid of my dreams, exclaimed Jamie. And rightly so, because later, I sat with Jamie while Claude napped a little. Then I woke Jamie up to give him some more water. Oh, he cried. Stay away. I had a feeling he didn't mean me. Sure enough, the next, word out of, the next words out of his mouth were, It's a tiger! It's a tiger! I gave him the water. Anyway, when he had finished drinking, he kicked off the blanket. Stop! Snake! Jamie cried out. I woke up again when Jamie began shrieking about snoring trees. Right. So here's what I'm thinking. Mm. You said it has a resonant text with the Odyssey and mm-hmm. the, the visions of Snorlax or whatever, right? Yeah, the visions of Snorlax. That's right. That's what I called it. The visions of the famous moment where fucking Odysseus, fucking after Cersei turns all the sailors into pigs, uh, decides to go to Hades and he has a vision of Snorlax. Right. To me, it's I'm I'm getting a lot of resonance with the Lord of the Rings. Okay. Yeah, we've got we've got Treebeard and the and the treants, obviously right. with the talking trees. We've got so the the uh, this this scene of Jamie going through the fits is right. uh, it reminds me of when Frodo was stabbed by the ringwraiths on top uh, of the um, the barons the barons. Yeah, Ho Tom uh, Bombadil, Tom Bombadillo. Sure, he's a character in the book too. Well, that's what you would say when you get stabbed by some ringwraiths, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Also a character in the book. Yeah. So now is the Lord of the Rings, and this is an interesting thing to uncover on our podcast about the Babysitters Club. Yeah. Is the or- Lord of the Rings is that a modern retelling of Homer's The Odyssey? No, it takes most of its analogs from medieval literature and some shades of The Odyssey. Mm, I feels like a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the sense that it's an epic. Tanner, what I was what I was trying to bring us to is a segment where we talk about. Every week. Do we have some, like, cool intro stuff for this? It's like, it's a rare non-court-themed segment. Um, well, we can find a way to make it court-themed, yeah. I guess, if no, you want. That's not what I was saying. I think that... Oh, okay. Maybe just some, like, scary, spooky music. Okay, so maybe it's it's a scraping sound, kind of, like, lightly embedded under all of us yeah. talking here. Yeah. And then when the segment starts, it's a, a scratch and a creak as though a monster has crept up to your door yeah. and let itself in. Yeah. And then one of us says, the monster. And then there's a howl. Oh. Yeah. And then the other and one. And then the other one says, and the beast. The monster and the beast. Babies and gentlemen, super babies. Uh, this is every week in these super specials. And I'm glad she did because we were starting fresh here. And so I didn't know what we were going to talk about. But Anne has chosen delightfully to put a monster and a beast in every super special. We found in the, in the past there was a great old one in the first one. There was a faceless wonder in the second one. Yeah, so there was a spider. There was the bird. There was yep. a lounge lizard. Oh, Those right. are the beasts. Yeah. The monsters were tentacle boy. Tendril boy. The second one was the... Faceless woman. Miss, Ms. Meanie. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Meanie. 
yeah Mrs. and the Mrs. third Mrs. one was um the the demonic ghost right at, at the at the lesser lounge right and this in this novel there are a few possibilities um one of them is i think that i don't think that any of them are what jamie's sees when he encounters these dream walkers i think they just kind of are the our portal into the world of monsters and beasts jamie has kind of accessed that right I've got a few options. I'd like. I've been talking for a while, so I'd like to hear your dulcet tones, Tanner. I've got a few options too, and you already mentioned one. My nominee for monster, yeah, this week is the Hair Queen. The Hair Queen, right? Yeah, really that's... awesome. I'm there. Terrific. I talked to Jeff a few minutes longer, and then to Dad, but Dad and I were interrupted when Carol dropped by. Jeff got back on the phone. The Hair Queen is here. He whispered. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I may I may may I nominate a monster. Please. It's the video geist. Okay. Okay. Now, is this a new video geist or is this it's a Morbid new Destiny's Dawn, granddaughter? Yeah, it's no, it's a new one. Well, I don't know. But Dawn encounters and is enthralled by a video geist early on in the novel in the following way. Here's what she says. The video woman started running in place. I ran in place with her. We were running to give my regards to Broadway which made us run pretty fast. I have to admit, I was relieved when the phone rang. So obviously she's in a lot of torment here. Right, she's being being controlled. Forced to run by this video woman. Right. I was the only one at home. Fucking terrifying, Anne. Don't do that. Don't do that. I was the only one at home, so I would have to pause the tape to take the call. Click. The video woman froze in running formation. I'll be right back, I told her. Also dangerous. Yeah. Don't promise them anything. All right. Thank you. I wasn't sure if Chinese food was healthy. I guess it's not ordered Chinese food. It's loaded with sodium. But it sure sounded good. I was looking around the kitchen for our Chinese menus when I heard your heart. When I heard the video go on in the den again. That's a typo. Right. When I heard the video geist. Yeah. Go on again. It should be when I heard the video geist go on in the den again. The pause was over. Now, this is a new way of tapes working that I'm yeah. not familiar with. Yeah. A man a man who grew up as a child in the late 80s and throughout the 90s yeah. and dealt with VCRs quite a bit in yeah. my time. The pause doesn't just end. The pause doesn't end. It's yeah. not like I pause for five minutes. And also, the videos that I used to watch didn't force me to run no. and say goodbye to them. I never interacted with them. Yeah. And they never unpaused themselves and said, please come back now. Unless you were watching the Clue interactive the video, video game. Yeah. Like video board game. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I actually did watch that. Or Captain Power. That's a reference for no one. Power on. Captain Power and the soldiers of the future. So your yours is the video, guys. Mine is the hair queen. Yeah. Um, I think both are good nominees, and we should just accept them both into the canon of the show. Two monsters, or maybe one of them's the beast. Uh, the only other potential thing that I have in here that might be a beast this week is Jesse. And this, if we had a segment where we talked about burns, yeah, this would go in there. Yep. Jesse sighed. I don't know. I don't want to be at home with that that bat. Right. On the other hand, she almost didn't let me come here, so she probably won't let me help search. Right. So the context there is almost unimportant. Right. But to offer some 
Jesse's aunt Cecilia, right, is a bat. Is a uh, comes to stay with her because yeah. her parents are away on vacation, and Becca, as Jack forgot to mention in his recap, is lost on this I put it in the, island. I did, I did mention it in the recap. And now, apparently we know, and this is something we were not aware of during the main canon of the show, when right. we were doing the Babysitter's Club Club, mm-hmm. Cecilia is a bat. Which is interesting, because Anna fucking hates bats. Right. Hates them. I captured this one, too, and I think that is what is probably our beast in this book. Right. You actually read a passage earlier, too. Mm-hmm. Like the time Nikki wished the triplets would turn into pigs. Right. Add Mal. Do you think that actually happened? She questioned. She never actually says whether or not it happens. Right. Leaving right. the possibility open that it did happen. So there's a chance that the Pike triplets, Adam, Byron, and Jordan, are pigs. Mm-hmm. And that might be our beast. But I do think that it is probably going to be Cecilia. It's a bat. And we know bat. how Anne feels about bats. And it's not positive. No, I don't think it's Anne. Negative. People know two things about Anne and Martin. If you know who Anne and Martin is, you know two things about her. One, she wrote the Babysitter's Club books. I know three things about her. I'm slightly more familiar. Okay. What are you? I know three things. I know that she wrote the Babysitter's Club books. Yeah. I know that she was born during a storm. And I know that she is the bane to bats. And she fucking hates them. Right. She hates bats. I think at first it was fear, right? At first she was afraid. Right. She was petrified. And then. But she turned that fear into anger and hate. Yeah. And now. She's, she's like not this one trapped woman in the home with the bats. Yeah. The bats are trapped in the home with Anne. No, exactly. The call is coming from inside the cave. Okay. Bats. The cave in the book? If you're a No, if you're a bat. Because the That's girls a- do wish at one point that the one thing they wish for is that they had a phone in the cave so that they could call a doctor. Oh, and then later they when they signal the... Aircraft? Aircraft with the mirror, they call it the bat signal. Oh, yeah. So Batman does save them. Yeah. Which is canon in this book. So, but that's Anne again. So, but that's Anne again. She's the Batman? Yeah, of course she is. So, Anne, that makes sense. She Remember, she put herself in the sky as the Space Mountain. She put her face in the sky to warn these girls. Haley, Jeff, Haley, and Becca and I were screaming and running around. We stopped when the plane dipped its wings, though. We'd never seen a plane do that. That's because you, what you're looking at is the Batwing. Right. Then we heard a voice from the sky. This is a search plane. Ah, it is Batman, shrieked Becca. This is Bat... I think Bat... I think this is a tie-in. Yeah. It is Batman. I think that Anne sees herself shrieked as being Becca. the Batman. Interesting. Oh, because I guess that's kind of the Batman origin, right? He falls right. into the cave. He's frightened by the bats, but he, he uses that fear to empower himself. Yeah, which is very similar to Anne. Right. So she put them in danger... She was the storm cloud. She was the squall, right? You remember the time that the yellow ring of fear needed a new host and it shot its way to Earth and presented itself to Batman and was like, congratulations, you're a new a new yellow lantern? No, I didn't know. Is there a tie-in? It wasn't a tie-in. It was just like, I mean, they exist in the same universe. Okay. And Batman rejected the call. Do you think that if you're like a DC Comics writer, this is short for Detective Comics, by the way. I, w- I wish I were. Okay. If if you're if Jim Lee, if you're listening, Jeff Johns, if you're listening, I know we've met. I would consider us friends. Mm-hmm. Scott Snyder, I've met you several times too. I would consider us friends. Are if you, you're listening, can I ask you? Are you saying that to Scott I would Snyder? Love, or are you just bragging to our listeners? I would love a chance to be a writer for DC Comic. Tanner, is there anything um, else you want to talk about? The Beast, we did. The other one we did. 
We approach the fucking bench. It's a very anti-media book. Let's talk about the Lunch Club very quickly. Okay. Scholastic Inc., Babysitter's Club, Babysitter's Island Adventure, Anne M. Martin, Scholastic Inc. This book is for the mascots of the Lunch Club, Catherine and Michael, Christian and Callie. Huh. The Lunch Club. Do you the think that's mascots a, of the Lunch Club. Do you think that's a failed series? Like Anne's first idea was that it was just people who have lunch together and there are no babysitters at all. It's just like several adult people who work at like a publishing company. She wrote a bunch of fucking novels about several adult people who work at a publishing company and have lunch together. She called it the <laughs> lunch club. And she was like, this is going to fucking yeah. kill with teenage girls. Okay, so I'm going to do a search here. Ten or Google's. Okay, Catherine Scholastic. These are obviously peers of Anne, right? Catherine Erskine. Okay, is the top link. Yeah, reading grade six to eight. That's about on par with Anne. Do we think maybe that's Catherine? Definitely. So you think these are people that Anne had lunch with? I think maybe these are people Anne had lunch with. And, if we can and get now to we them. have sort of like, yes, this is what I'm saying. We have insider access to these people. So Callie, Michael, Michael listen to Radigan. this. Callie is a novel by Ellen Miles. Oh, and it's okay. in her Kitty Corner series where kitties get the love they need. And it's cats? Or? It's a small calico cat called Callie. Michael is the current, as of March 15th, 2016, Michael is Michael Hagen, the current chief academic officer for scholastic education. Oh, I don't think it's that. So I'm looking at this description of Callie, and it says, adorable kitten story. Mia and Michael Batelli want a cat more than anything. Okay. Okay. So it's Michael and his cat, Callie, and then they didn't invite Ellen. They invited Catherine, who's 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 another novelist in Scholastic, to to have lunch. God, if I could so get- I did a search for Christian Scholastic, yeah, and I got Saint Thomas Aquinas. Fuck, Aquinas. Yeah, holy shit. So he's at he's in the lunch club. So Anne is in this lunch club with a cat. A cat, her owner. Her owner. Her friend, who's just another scholastic writer. Catherine Erskine. Catherine yeah. Erskine. And St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Thomas Aquinas. Who famously hated masturbation. That's Kant. It's also Aquinas. It's not the main thing about Aquinas. It's also not the main thing about Kant, but it's more popular. You associate, When you think about masturbation, you think about Kant. When I think about masturbation and philosophy, I think about Kant, not Aquinas. Right. When you, masturbation for you is thinking about Kant and philosophy. That's not what I said. Don't twist my words. I'm not twisting words. When masturbation, the concept of masturbation. Kant said that you shouldn't make your body an object unto itself. Right. And that's so, and that includes cranking the hog. So masturbation, when you're cranking the hog, you're thinking about Kant, you're thinking about philosophy. No, that's not what I, St. Thomas Aquinas. No, no, no. No, if you ask me to pair of philosophy with masturbation, like with wine, like find the right wine for a cheese. Right. So you're thinking about Thomas Aquinas, Kant, wine and cheese. The, no, 
just these are the things it. that like no let's this is not a topic that i'm interested in continuing to discuss I, if you want to talk about Thomism, we can talk about that oh uninterested okay. um all right so that's the lunch club i'm surprised none of those i'm surprised that this cat this cat's owner Catherine Eskine and Erskine, Erskine and St. Thomas Aquinas didn't end up as ghostwriters for any of these books. No, it's interesting, and it's interesting that Anne has never mentioned up until now knowing any of these people. But she gets she I don't know that's she that's that's pretty. Where's Peter company? Where's yeah, David the Leviathan? Why isn't Peter in the lunch club? Where's Nola? I would love. I would fucking if you put me at a lunch. With Peter Larangis and Thomas Aquinas, I would just yeah. sit there and drink it all in. Right. If you could have a dinner party with anyone from history and living or dead, who would you pick? And Peter Larangis, Thomas Aquinas. Is Peter Larangis, Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, no question. And then Anne chooses a fucking cat. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner, Any other notes for I you? We should leave. That's what I was thinking. Here's the thing. Can uh-huh. I just bring up one last quick little thing? Please. Marianne brings up in in the epilogue of this book a system under which the Babysitter's Club worked for one week while Mm -hmm. they were all on leave because they were searching for Claudia and Dawn. Yeah. We borrowed the Kishi's answering machine, hooked it up to Claudia's phone, and changed the message so that it said, Hello, you have reached the headquarters of the Babysitter's Club. We can't come to the phone today, Wednesday... From 5.30 until 6, but we'll be back at our post on Friday as usual. If you want to line up a sitting job, please have your name, number, and a message after the signal, and Claudia will call you back as soon as possible. Thank you. She just put the enti- her entire club out of business. Yeah, you just automated your entire club. Hey, guys. Guys. Why not just make the club work like this? That's that's so much better than fucking meeting every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? You all spend the money. Frankly, Claudia's not the person. Marianne's the person to do this. But, like, you spend the money to get Marianne an extra line and an answering machine. Yeah. Instead, and, and just guess call what? it. You know what money you can spend on that? All the fucking cash you're spending on having Charlie drive you to meetings from over in the posh part of town. Right. Fucking spend that on an extra line for Marianne. And then just have people call and leave messages. Yeah. And then you just like, literally the process from that point on is the exact same. Here's, Except you're going to get 10 times the clients actually, because they can call anytime they want. Here's a model. Fucking just give some extra cash to Marianne. She doesn't do any babysitting. Right. At all. Right. But she mans the line. Sure. And- oh, like Marianne's a great babysitter though. Don't like hire some like... To make Mechanical Turks do it from Amazon. Or have, like, Wendy Loser do it. Sure. That's fine. Actually, she's irresponsible. What about an app? Can we develop an app for these girls? It's like Uber for babysitting. Oh, that's good. If this, book t- if this series of books took place in 2018, yeah. it would be about their app. Yeah. The Babysitter's app. Right. Good. Cool. Very topical. Very topical. Yeah. The Babysitter's It's called babysit.org. <laughs> Good. Tanner. Let's Jack, leave. what a lovely Sunday evening we spent together. Yeah, it was really nice. I'm glad it's you early got to in the evening. Interact go with my do, son. I got to interact with your son. I get to go eat dinner with my wife. Uh, where are you guys going? I don't know. Tanner, let's leave. Okay, goodbye. No, that's not how we do it. You say goodbye now. You won't say goodbye during the break. You say goodbye now when you're not needed to. 
what you're needed to do is to say, Super Babies, thank you for listening to our show. Thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for reviewing us on iTunes. Please do continue to review our show on Apple Podcasts. If you're a new Super Baby yeah. and you haven't gone to review our show on Apple's Podcasts, please do. It really helps us. And continue to support our show by reviewing it on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And rate it. And, and rate, rate it five it. stars. Fuck Please. it. Yeah, rate it. Well, we're not above begging. Buy our merch. Oh, guess what's coming around the corner? The fucking holidays. You know what's the perfect holiday gift? bit.ly slash bscc merch. That's everything you'll ever need. Like you're fucking like you're weird uncle whose politics are uncomfortable and who always ruins Thanksgiving. You know right. what he would like? He would like sure. a Babysitter's Club Club Bread Theory t-shirt. Right. You know your mom? It, <laughs> I, I do. She the, would love a pin that says I'm Tanner Green Ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know your seven-year-old nephew who's going through a difficult phase and it's always difficult to know what to buy him? You know what tote you would bag. love? A tote bag that says Goliath Industries on it. Children love tote bags. Yeah. They can dress up in them. So get our merch. There's a bunch of shirts. There's a couple pins. There's a tote bag. You're going to yeah. love this shit. Yeah. For the love of God. Super Babies. This week, we read a book that was called Babysitter's Club Super Special Number 4, Babysitter's Island Adventure. And next week, we're going to be reading a little book. That is called Babysitter's Club Super Special Number Five: California Girls. Oh, where do you think okay. they're gonna go? You think they're gonna get stranded in Katy California? Perry concert? Oh, it's a Katy Perry concert. That's good. California okay, girls, we have to so it. reliable. Is that what nice. it says? I'm not sure. <laughs> that's that's so nice about California girls. <laughs> I don't actually know the lyrics. <laughs> so reliable. <laughs> uh, look forward to that. Uh, Super Babies this week, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. I'm Tanner Grinring. Um, what do we say when we leave? Um, usually we just say, have fun and be careful. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>
car. All right, can I say? Let's see if we let's look at some bikes. What's what's that? Bike. Bike. Yes. <laughs> He's so smart now. Yeah. What's that? I just saw him like two months car. ago. He wasn't saying shit. Car. Okay, we got one more we can say. This is a hard one though. What's that? That's a ball. That's a ball. Yeah. Ball. What a smart kid you got. Is he gifted? Now, Cyril, do you think that Super Special Number 4 is a modern version of James Joyce's Ulysses, an update, an infected improvement? Yeah? Say modern Ulysses. Yeah. What was that one? That's, that's modern Ulysses. He's only Modern day it, Ulysses. He's only had it read to him. Right. So, Has he read any of the supplemental kind of like academic texts? Like I have a concordium like when I read it to him. Right. A concordance when I read it to him. Right. But, um, all right. Let's say car one more time and then I'm going to take you back to your mama. Wait. Do you, oh, don't say Cardi B. That's what Google wants me to have you look at. What's that? It's a car. car. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Can you say Uncle Tanner? Who's this? <laughs> Who's that? Uncle Tanner. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Tanner. Yay. <laughs> Yay. All right. I'm going to take you back to your mother now. I'm gonna, and I'm going to close the cat door. <laughs> okay. Well, that's time we can't get back. Literally earlier this week, some like mean listener tweeted us and was like, "Ugh, the super special episodes are bad. It's just like they're turning on a mic and recording their lives." <laughs> wow, that was super prescient. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast.